Welcome to the Audit 15 Fund podcast. My goal with this podcast is to bring relevant internal audit topics to the table every 15 days. Today, we're going to be talking about agility and adaptability in the internal audit profession. To talk about that topic, I have Philip Wilhelm as my guest. Philip is the founder of audit-trainer.com and audit-hunter.com, two platforms for internal audit training and headhunting. He was the CAE of SUVA, the Swiss Accident Insurance Fund for nine years, where he pioneered the use of Scrum in internal audit as early as March of 2015. His internal audit experience of over over 25 years covers internal audit positions in industry, wholesaling, and warehousing, and academia. He's a doctor of business administration from the University of St. Gallen in Switzerland. Welcome, Philip, to the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. Welcome, John. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we'll go straight to the questions here. You have uh, several courses that you offer on your platforms, uh, and one of them that caught my interest is the Approve uh, Agile Auditor uh, certification. So I just kind of want to, you know, discuss that with you today. And one of the things that I wanted to uh, discuss is how is that training or how is that program different than you know the Agile methodology that is talked so much here in the U.S. at least in the internal audit profession. What's the difference between what you're offering uh, with that uh, certification to the kind of like what's being talked about in the uh, in Agile for internal audit professionals here in the US? There are different uh, ways to, to go Agile with internal auditing. And um, I think there is no no general way to do it. Um, and that's a good thing because I think we need to be agile in the way we uh, agilize our internal audit functions. Um, if you talk about um, the course, uh, your previous podcast partner, Shauna Flanders, um, um, is giving and how she does it, um, I think... Um, and, and there's other ways to do it. For instance, Deloitte is very strong uh, in that and they offer some methodology on, on how to do it. The biggest difference between how we do it here on the audittrainer.com platform and how others do it um, is that we, we have a different starting point. We don't think that there is the best way of becoming agile in internal audit, but we think that at first you need to think about why do you have to change? what need is there to make something different. And um, that includes to have a look at all the different change factors happening around us. So the macro changes which are there and the, the micro changes in the profession, the different needs and that are needed in the future. And then there's many specific factors that are relevant only for your organization, um, which are important for this decision what you want to change and why you want to change. So that's the first point, which is different from how we do it uh, compared to many others. The second point, and this is especially important, I think, is that to change your internal audit function to a more speedy way of uh, being more close to the speed of risk is that 
you have to see that it's a cultural change that is happening and is needed. It's not just having an idea or a checklist or a canvas or whatever, and then go through the points and then you will be agile. No, it's not like that. It's something which is happening in the heads of people. So we need to do a cultural change management program. And that's an important part of the approved agile auditor certification program. So we help people at first to see what do we have to change individually. And nobody can answer that uh, but the person in a specific company. And then we help them to set up a professional change management, management program, a cultural change management program uh, to get that uh, on the road, these ideas on the road to realize it and to make sure that there's nobody lost in the internal audit team, that everybody will join this initiative and that in the end, it will be real agility with the whole team we have. Absolutely. I think that I... uh, these are the, the biggest differences, um, the, the different agile methodologies, um, Lean, Kaizen, Kanban, Scrum, Safe, etc. you name it. Um, these frameworks, let's call it frameworks, um, that, that's the main content of the most other courses I see around in, in, the, in the internal audit world right now. And um, everybody can teach that. So what's the main differencing factor is, is these two things. And the th there are two others, and I think we will talk about those later on. Um, agility is something which is happening in the head of people. So we also train the... Um, capacity to be agile, which is neuroplasticity of your brain cells. We talk about that, I think, uh, later on. And the other thing is we can measure the ability of people to, to adapt to change. So we measure the adaptability quotient of people. And that's an important input for this cultural change management program so that we can support those people who have more difficulty to change and help them to become agile to adapt to the changes that will come. Yes, very good. And yes, I, um, you, you focus a lot on agility and adaptability. And like you mentioned, you have the adaptability quotient, the AQ. Uh, you know, a lot of people talk about IQ, EQ, you know, the technical skills, the, the know-how for internal audit, the soft skills for internal auditors. But then there's this third component, which is the AQ. Can you expand a little bit, a little bit more on that and maybe some examples of uh, someone you know, ha who has a high AQ? Sure, uh, with pleasure. So we have to see agility is uh, something which is having a short time frame. So it's something which happens quickly, rapidly. It's, it's more about a tactic, how you react to change, which is immediate. And uh, what is important is to not only focus on this short-term change, to also consider uh, change in the long term. And this is uh, what we all need to do. Big changes happen slowly, even if we have a lot of change right now. But the very big changes like uh, becoming more a data analyst is something you can't do from today to tomorrow, but this is something happening over the long term and this needs adaptability. And this is another component which is completely um, uh, completely lost in, in other programs I see out there uh, for internal audit departments becoming agile. 
the the factor of uh, adaptability and um, how do we do this on audittrainer.com? So we partner with a company, a startup in London, um, and they are um, they have developed the adaptability quotient. It's a measure, a scientific measure, statistically validated, reliable, um, which is measuring your capacity to adapt. So it's like the IQ for intelligence or the EQ for emotional intelligence. The AQ measures adaptability. And um, to do so, uh, the AQ has um, a model, which is a scientific model, which is the base of this measure. It's the so-called ACE model. It measures, measures adaptability in three categories. The first one is ability. The second one is character. And the third one is environment. So ability is something which is um, part of people. And, and you ask me, uh, what, um, what examples can you give for, for people who are agile uh, or adapt adaptable? So ability compo is composed of grit, which means the ability to pursue a goal uh, a long-term despite obstacles. So over long-term despite obstacles. Then next to grit, we have mental flexibility. So your ability to hold different scenarios at the same time, uh, to search for solutions, uh, to have different opinions all at once, like we have it in a, in, in a communication in audit when you interview some auditees, et cetera. So this mental flexibility is a second factor. Third factor is mindset. So how do you see change for you personally? Is this something positive? Or do you think that as an individual, do you think that change is problematic and you're rather fearful about it. So this mindset is a fourth component. And then we have resilience as a, as a fourth one. Mindset was a third. How quickly, how often, and to what degree um, do we bounce back or forward from adversity and from setbacks? So how resilient are we if something ne negative happens to us? And the final factor is to unlearn, your ability to unlearn. And that's very... Uh, it is also um, the tip what, what you can do to um, increase your adaptability to let go of old skills and ideas and behaviors and actions and to approach the new ones. Often we cling to things which have been successful in the past and uh, we are not able to let go uh, of the old factors. So that's ability. The second factor of the model is character. So the question here is who adapts and why? Um, there's much about the work context and um, it is important to see that there is no good or bad, but we try to understand who adapts and why people adapt. So the factors here are emotional range, how anxious somebody is generally. Um, then the second factor is uh, extraversion. So the energy you get from being in social situations like being um, the third factor is hope. So do we have um, personally a general positive outlook on the future or a more optimistic view or not? And then um, motivation style. So this means that you're playing to win versus playing to protect and thinking style. So if you look more uh, in the detail or the big picture. So that's a uh, character. And the last uh, last component is environment. And there we, we ask, when does somebody adapt and to what degree? So we look at the situational factors. 
and they are vital for, for adapting. So the first one is company support. Do you perceive your company to care about the personal well-being of, being of uh, the employees? Second is emotional health. Do you have positive experiences or feelings at work or rather sadness and anxiety? Then the team support. So do you have psychological safety at your work um, in, in your team and individually? Do you feel safe in your team, in your audit team? The fourth one is work environment. Does your workplace facilitate experimentation and adaptation or not? And the last one is work stress. So the feeling towards work demands and workload. So this were, these were the, the three components of this model. Uh, and um, the first one, ability, how and to what degree do I adapt? So this is learnable and uh, you can develop those skills. A second character is it's more innate to people who adapts and why. These are more stable aspects of self. You can, you can change them though, uh, but not so quickly. And the third aspect is the environment. When does somebody adapt and to what extent and how does the environment, the company and the team influence this, um, uh, this process? And with this measurement, you can very well see the differences in your team. You can uh, have this individually, but also then have a report over your team. If you do, if the whole audit team is having this measurement, then you will see differences and you can anticipate resistance or fear and um, often resistance, mostly resistance comes out of fear and you can work on that very early on and help people to see the benefit, uh, to take the fears, uh, not uh, which are not really justified, but uh, come out of rumors and uh, other um, uh, negative factors. So you can work against all this resistant and make your change process more effective and successful. Yeah, I like what you said about uh, looking for different solutions, not just like, you know, at the very beginning you mentioned someone who's not just looking for A or B, maybe looking for option C. <laughs> and <laughs> I think that comes into play uh, with one of the things that you, I think you cover as part of your course as well, which is VUCA, uh, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. ambiguity. So how does that come into play in, in the internal audit profession? And you know, from your training, how do you uh, train uh, internal, auditor, internal auditors to respond to that uncertainty, to, to those gray areas that we have to so often navigate through? Mm -hmm. In the beginning, I, I said that in the approved agile auditor, we start with um, finding really the goals of change. So why do we want to change? And there we are in the midst of the VUCA phenomenon. If you, if you look around, often people say this and this, this, this and that effect is because of we, we live in a VUCA world. But that is not very helpful because if you look at VUCA, which uh, it is a word which comes from the uh, US military, um, after the fall of the Berlin Wall, they uh, tried to discover some strategies for taking charge of, uh, of change. Actually, they did that already in 1988, so just closely before the fall of the Berlin Wall, one year later. 
And um, uh, it was um, Professors Warren Bennis and Bert Nannis from the US Army War College uh, who came up with, with VUCA, with the term, to cover what was happening, all the black and white world, uh, East Bloc, communism against the free world. This was falling apart. And we had a new situation where, which was uh, exactly difficult to grasp with. And they came up that it's ambiguity, complexity, uncertainty, and volatility, which is happening at the same time. Um, but we can't just say it is VUCA, but we have to look at those four components, which are different in the way they uh, require us to act. So the best strategies we can develop for those four factors are different. So if we, if we start with, uh, if I may um, deepen that a little bit, if that's fine for you, John? Yeah, absolutely. Um, is it? Okay. So I, I will go a little bit more into depth. So the volatility, the V in VUCA, it's a situation which is relatively unstable. Uh, it is changing, but uh, in an unstable way. So we have information. We understand the situation, but uh, the change is frequent and unpredictable. So we don't know when it is happening. An example uh, would be, for instance, the, the prices of commodities such as um, crude oil, which uh, we, where we know actually the market very well. We know the supply, the demand, and how they interact and how that works. But we don't know when the price will, will change exactly and, and when it will go up and down or down. So what is the recommended action for volata volatile situations? Agility is a great help in order to manage volatility. So what does it mean specifically? It means that we use resources to build reserves and to create sufficient potential for future flexibility. So in other words, we create slack and this slack helps us in the future to have the resources we need to react quickly. In a, in a real world example, Uh, Southwestern Airlines, they were the first to use um, hedging for, for uh, oil price, for, for their flight uh, fuel prices. And this costs something. So volatility, uh, to get uh, control of volatility, to use agility, to build up resources, to have slack has a cost, but it has a benefit. So when the price changes and you have been hedging the fuel price at a low price level, then you will be able to have a cheaper cost structure than all those companies who didn't. So this is volatility and agility as an answer. The second factor is uncertainty. So uh, when something is uncertain, we have little information about the relevance of an event. There is cause and effect which are unknown and it is unclear when or if an effect will create a significant change. So an example uh, for that uh, is the 9-11 terror attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon and uh, other places. We, we suddenly had terrorism at our front door. And uh, this was uh, new in, in that way that uh, suddenly there was an attack really in cities um, in the US and in other countries. So we, we did know before that there are groups which are terroristic and that they plan some attacks, etc. but we never knew where they will hit and when. And um, actually this was 
the strategy to to deal with uncertainty is to build up information to reduce uncertainty. And then the example for the 9-11 and uh, other events was that worldwide secret services were starting enormously to get information, to dig into telephone calls and internet connections, to try to infiltrate those terror networks with uh, undercover agents, etc. So this building new information, getting getting new information, having this data analytics really in the um, setting it up and having it in place to get information about terror attacks and to better predict where they will be. This was very effective and that was, was what was happening since 2001, uh, what is also part of uh, how our business world is today working, uh, is working today. So um, information, getting better information about uh, the sources of change is the strategy to deal with uncertainty. Third uh, abbreviation, third letter is the C, the complexity. If we have a network of information and processes where there are many interconnected parts, it can be diverse and nested and uh, it does not necessarily have to imply change, but that can happen. And so we, we do have um, a very complicated network of processes and it's, uh, it's very time consuming and hard to get to terms with it although uh, we can understand it in, in each detail. It's just so much that it is overwhelming us and is uh, kind of uh, limiting us because our capacity is too small. So how can we come to terms with that? The best recommended action is to restructure our internal operations uh, in order to absorb the external complexity and have have an internal complexity which is appropriate to deal with it. So this sounds a little bit theoretical, but we will quickly see how that works in, in real life. Every company, when, the, when it starts, is a startup, a little startup. Um, it is small, has uh, only a few departments. And then when a company grows and it, it sees the complexity of the world of different markets, for instance, if you start trading with Japan, then you suddenly see that complexity of this new market is very big and you, you need other competences and more information and uh, uh, better ways to act in uh, this new foreign country, uh, new for your company. So building up um, an old own uh, internal department for, for this market will allow you to have the specialists who really know what is happening there, who know the uh, legal framework and the restrictions and uh, who can really deal with it. So the internal departmentalization of companies is part of this um, answer to complexity to better respond to the external complexity we have in the outside world. In internal audit, this can mean that we, that we differentiate between auditors and IT auditors, for instance, or also data analysts. Uh, some companies, they, they have split their internal audit department if it's a big company into research and development as an own function inside the internal audit department. Or you might have uh, people only dealing with um, certain regions in the globe, EMEA or, or North America or Asia, whatever, um, to better grab this uh, complexity in internal audit. So that's the answer to complexity. Now, the last one, 
ambiguity. That's the most uh, difficult of all those four, because here we have a lack of knowledge about the basic rules of the game. So we have cause and effect, and we don't understand how they are interrelated. So we don't know how and cause causes an effect. And there is no example where we can um, kind of use it as a benchmark to predict what we can expect in the future. So basically, we don't have any clue and we don't even understand the problem. Now, how can we, how can we deal with this? How can we act? What's the recommended action? Here we can use trial and error and uh, we can try something and then see, does it work? And then we, we can find out the favorable, st favorable strategies to deal with unknown situations in the, in the future. We, we can see what is working in, the, in a small trial and then we, we copy it, we adapt it a little bit, we try again, we refine it and we will get better and better and uh, we can build up a robust solution um, with trial and error. So basically this is uh, what is behind the principle of Scrum for instance and Agile framework. Uh, so we see here agility is again, um, part of the solution. And uh, that's a good way to respond to ambiguity. So these were, uh, sorry for being quite lengthy about that, but I think it's important to understand what is happening out there in my company and what different parts are there. It doesn't come isolated, but ambiguity, complexity, uncertainty, and volatility, they come together in different doses and mixes. And we have to find a solution and a response for our internal audit department, how to deal with that. And then we can decide why we want to change and how we want to change. And then we can start a cultural change program. And um, uh, before that, then we can decide which of the agile frameworks will be, will be good, a good part of that solution. And then we can have the cultural change program and implement that and take everybody along to be successful in internal audit. Yeah, I, I like your going back to your first example from the volatility. I know a lot of companies wish they had, you know, you know, either like der deriv derivative operations or hedging because, you know, I remember the price of oil went negative in May of last year. So that's a perfect example of, you know, volatility, the uncertainty in the market, and just how can you be better prepared when those situations happen. But just changing gears a little bit here and last questions for you, last question for you on the uh, on the training that you provide. I know the one thing that you cover there is a neuro tracker, which is something that uh, originated uh, in Canada. Uh, can you expand a little bit on uh, on how that can help internal auditors and what it is? Sure. So basically, uh, the NeuroTracker is a is a program that helps to um, to improve your mental capacity for dealing with situations that uh, require quick and fast responses. So um, think about, um, for instance, um, a soccer player. In a in a match of soccer, uh, when you when you start it and then you you run with the ball, you, you, somebody passes the ball you, to you, and then you have to decide where do I 
uh, what do I do? Will I continue just uh, myself on the, the the ball, but or will I pass it on to to another player? And then you have to see the whole situation of the other players, the the opponent players, how they are moving, where are their opportunities to play the ball to, to really understand the change in action, the the moving change which is happening there. So for this situation, you need agility and. Um, Professor Joslin uh, Faubert from the University of Montreal in Canada. He had, uh, he's uh, one of the leading um, um, scientists in, in neuroscience. So he um, is especially focusing on neuroscience in visual perception. And he has developed a software um, to train people in becoming more capable of dealing with um, changes um, around them. This software is uh, is used in soccer, uh, my example, for instance, by Manchester United. So the, the top teams really use this. And they found out that if a player uses the software and does this training, they, he, has, he or she has 50% fewer missed passes in the top level soccer plays. So um, that's quite an um, impact in daily life. We also have this training for special military so forces, for instance, the U.S. Navy SEALs. When you're out there with a gun in a in a in an adversary um, environment where, where people are shooting at you, you have to decide in a fraction of a second: will I kill somebody or is that a civilian? So these kind of situations require this top agility, and we have that also in internal audit. When you're in an internal audit interview. With somebody, you have to decide also in a fraction of a second when you get a, an answer from an auditee you don't know before, and we always don't know their answers. Otherwise, you should change your position and do something new. Uh, <laughs> so if we are if we are there and and something comes, we have to decide: will I ask more? Is that the truth? Uh, do I need some proof to uh, to really test that, or or is it fine for me? Or also, how do I behave? You have to decide. Is there a risk for being um, for my un un independence? Do I appear? Might I appear to be not independent here in in this situation? So these are all decisions we need to take in a fraction of, a and that's also why we need, as a person, as an internal auditor, we need agility, and this can be trained. That's nice, uh, and this will help us to be more performant on the job. That's that's a good comparison there. <laughs> You know, the, it, it helps uh, soccer players, you know, uh, improve their, their pass rate. And it, it helps internal auditors uh, ask better questions. <laughs> so uh, last but not least, how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in learning more about your training and you know, the approved Agile Auditor training and as well as other courses that you have available? Um, I'm, I'm, you can contact me on any channel I have. We, we are, um, I'm personally present on LinkedIn, for instance, and we also have um, in other social networks, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we are, we are present there. And my website is auto. Um, it's uh, audit-trainer.com. So audit-trainer.com. And uh, there you have a live chat uh, also where you can contact me and my email is there. And I'm happy to talk to you to discuss it. And it uh, would be my pleasure to, to ask, to re reply to questions and um, give more information about the, the trainings we, we provide. 
All right. Thank you so much, Philip, for joining the podcast. I appreciate your time.